Hello, and you're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, Pai, Texas, a 1984 film directed by Vin Vendis. You said this was your choice. Elaborate. It's one of those art house essentials that I see on Criterion and everyone references. And Michelle has had uh, some Tumblr uh, favorite mm-hmm. also. And uh, I'd never seen it, so I wanted to check it out finally. And this has been what the podcast is. <laughs> movies we've been meaning to get around to, I guess. Well, now that we have gotten around to it, what do you guys think? Stupid ending. <laughs> it, is, it is a kind of an odd ending, uh, just to put it into context for the listener. It's mm-hmm. uh, so... Uh, just do, should we go through the whole plot or no? There is not actually not that much story. Just brief. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, so the uh, this guy, uh, we think he lost his memory. Then turns out he had a falling out with his wife. Then she uh, becomes a, a fancy woman, according to him, <laughs> which is like a sort of a performer. Uh, uh, and then uh, he leaves her son. Uh, to her and then just leaves he just fucks off which is odd I mean uh, he had a stable home with his brother and uh, her and his wife so so that that's what Michelle means by a stupid ending mm. yeah. I think what's implied was that the the falling out the relationship was so damaging to him that mm. he just can't he can't like bring himself to go back to that anymore mm. like, like the idea of domesticity is burned out of him he, he was wandering around like the desert for four years and i mm. thought he was looking for her but then he finds mm. her and he doesn't want to see her no and then he, it's he, like what's the point mm. no i think he had a nervous breakdown that's what yeah. i think happened and then when he found her he came to the realization that Oh, I, w- I would just fall back into this cycle again. Yeah. And I'm assuming it, the ending, like, is that she would give him back to uh, his brother. Yeah. I think so. Log- logically, I think you can make that mm. conclusion because yeah. he would, like, the boy will clue her in on what she's been. And she knows, like, they've been taking care of him. And, like, yeah. Yeah. I don't think he was leaving him with her under the impression that she's like, no, you gotta raise this now. This yeah. is your problem now. I brought it back, which is yeah. a pretty shitty thing to do. I don't if know, like, how is she gonna contact them and get well, him the back? The number, yeah, they know how to contact them. Yeah. Like, she, they do correspondence. The boy just... called her, called them on the payphone yeah. from the gas station. So I think he has a number, but that's getting into the like minutia, yeah, which isn't like yeah. integral to the overall. Yeah. People, what that does to that kid though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that's like true. not yeah. a ton of thought of like how that's gonna mm-hmm. make him feel. He spends a few weeks with his dad, and then he sees his mom, and then he his goes back to his fake parents, who are actually better parents than either of the parents he really has. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Do you think the film provides him? Is he absolved in the end? By like, it feels no. like it, right? Like the film kind of frames it in that way. He rides off into the sunset. Finally, why is had- he absolved? From that's I don't I think mean, he truly is. That's all I'm just trying to. I mean, in one reading could be that he figures out that he's mm. the toxic part of that relationship, and that they would be doomed to repeat that cycle yeah. of him being the older, jealous guy and worried about it, and so he just like fucks off and uh, and let lets them live their lives yeah. in like a peaceful way, whatever that may be. 
that so that could be said another another way you could look at it is that they're sort of trapped in yeah. sort of a, a dynamic that they're they can't get out of yeah and he will always leave or something like because based on what how he described the relationship it wasn't the nice one they were terrible to yeah. each other and it got pretty emotionally psych, like psychologically abusive he was said he was tying her up uh-huh. and because he just can't handle the idea she just postpartum depression I'm going to yeah. assume that's what she was suffering after she yeah. had the baby and he doesn't know how to Which deal with made it up. Which, <laughs> it's women being hysterical that's yeah. it um, her needing to escape and he realized he, like if maybe if they do get back together that's also gonna happen she's just gonna want to they're just gonna fall back into that pattern yeah but, yeah yeah still it's still I still feel sad for the boy and I feel sad for the parents while well, his, his brother yeah and really. especially the, the well, sister-in-law that's that's another thing it could be like sort of talking about more like what what is a parent really mm. is it like the biological parents or is it uh, or are they the people that like actually raise you because in a much more real sense the real parents are Anne and his brother because yeah. they're they despite like them not being like you know actually his parents they do more of that role and he calls Anne his mom. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's, it could be that, it could be a debate about, like, which side or what what does a, a parental figure actually mean? Ma- yeah. And what do they actually represent and who are they? I think that's a big theme throughout the entire uh, movie, the Paris, Texas, right? Paris, yeah. not France. Yeah. And then you, that goes even further once he talks talking about how his dad... That was so sad. I was just yeah. trying to enforce the idea of his mom being something that she's not. Yeah. She's from Paris, France. She's from Paris, France. Yeah. And maybe he himself, I think he's trying to realize that he has also fallen into the cycle of like forcing her to be somebody that she isn't. Yeah. She couldn't be. Yeah. Whereas Anne is actually from France. <laughs> exactly. And then there's the parallel with the child as well, who yeah. are his real parents. Right there's the idea of like who, well you well, can't isn't Star Wars sort of something like that. Isn't oh yeah, it has that little pattern of like not the surprise father. That's actually yeah. really, I didn't think of it. That's why it's featured yeah. so heavily in the movie. That's what I kept. I was like, what That's is awesome. this? Awesome. This movie. Okay, now I'm I'm getting back into it. I like the subtlety of it, but it does, it is a slow burn. Yes. Right. It, I feel like it just way too long. They could have shaved a lot of this stuff That's off. It would have been a good hour and a half film mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's because so much of the story is kind of just minutes. in the last 30 yeah. or 40 minutes of the movies when most of the actual plot happens and yeah the first like two hours you're kind of just coasting along with these characters yeah but we haven't mentioned how strikingly beautiful this movie is yeah. this is one of the most visually impressive movies i've ever seen and it's so simple at it too mm-hmm. fully utilized and i'm trying to think of what the purpose of this, the not necessarily barren, but the wild expanse of the American landscape would mm. mean because then because there's that scene in the beginning when he's walking up, his brother's like, "What is? There's nothing out there. You keep going. There's nothing out." And then it and then it kind of echoes back in the last in the last confrontation when he talks about just running mm. into the distance into nowhere. So maybe that vastness is like his escape. And what does that represent? Because so much is so much of the movie is just that expanse. Mm-hmm. Even in LA, you're seeing just the sprawl of mm-hmm. American wilderness. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, there's, I think there's definitely some probably like interior motive in terms of like how that's supposed to connect to the American spirit and the downfall of the American family. But still, like it, it, all of that is there, but it's still so beautiful to look at, just even on their sur surface level. That yeah, it really adds a lot to the movie. And in my opinion, kind of justifies the running time because mm. your interviews actually I, sink it in. Like, I think that because we watched it. It's more a film like you watch on your own or in a cinema. Like it's not a, mm. a group hangout kind mm. of film, yes. which is what yeah. we did. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not a movie you can really riff on because it's so like that's moody true. and contemplative. It does feel like uh, one of those like you'll just let it wash over you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So perfect in the cinemas so with mm -hmm. like the right audience, I think. Yeah. Um, Very Lynchian, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Really. Because more well, for one, David Lynch alumni shows up here, right? Mm -hmm. The brother in Blue Velvet, and him in Twin Peaks. Yeah, um, yeah, and the club club scenes with the music—that's yes. when it gets really Lynchian. Mm -hmm. Even the stuff with like the face at the end when she when her silhouette and his face, like mm -hmm. in the mirror, it reminded me that of this effect so cool. in the season. There's effect in season three really? of Twin Peaks when she rips the face off, and it's like something else. Like it kind of echoed that. that Back that to me. Yeah. I, like, I keep wanting to watch season three again because I don't remember it, but then I want to watch all of it. So yeah. I start season one and then I'm like, well, I remember this too well and I get bored. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But it's also season such a different show. Yeah. It's just a completely different yeah, entity altogether. True. Still, back, back to the anyway, movie. Yeah, but still, also, one of uh, Harry Dean Stanton's last performance was there. So Rest in peace. R.I.P. Harry Dean Stanton had the, the most awkward and brutal episode of uh, Doug Loves Movies, this podcast where comedian yeah. and stoner Doug Stanhope, uh, Doug uh, Benson, yeah, 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 like yeah. a movie trivia. Was he like this awkward guest? Or? Because it, I think his agent just took it up and he didn't know like what it was and it was brutal i suggest anyone listen to that it's so fun and funny because he's they're like trying to play the game and he's like what what are you guys talking about this is ridiculous yeah um yeah it's like a meeting of two worlds um yeah, yeah. so anything to add about the movie michelle um no. The kid was very cute and a good actor. The kid was very natural. He, I think he tied. He's, it's, and it's very important that he comes across as like a real kid. Yeah. And I think that all of that comes just comes down to letting him kid. say the line as a kid would. Like he will stumble over certain words and he will have trouble explaining certain, certain things. Like yeah. he just talks like a kid, not a kid in the movie where it starts. To, it's just an adult dialogue through a child. Yeah. And you're like, this is stupid. Like yeah. no kid would ever say that. Yeah. Well. I think that's it. Yeah. Shall we take a break? Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. And we're back. That's step right up. Seven reels, everybody. Let's rate them up. I'll go first. I give this one a six out of seven. It is a little bit too long in a tooth, but I I thought it was a very powerful experience. Go six also. I wanted to go five and a half, but. Now that we talked about it, I think it's it's a six. It's good. Mm -hmm. I like it. I don't know whether five or five and a half. Mm -hmm. yeah, Michelle's the Simon Cowell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. it felt like a movie that I should be going. Wow, I've had a really spiritual mm -hmm. experience, and it's what a great movie. It's mm -hmm. really moved me. Mm -hmm. And then I just like 
It was okay. Yeah. Maybe it's the context of us yeah. uh, having. Yeah, uh, when you like talk about it, kind of yeah. you see the the pieces, but. Yeah. You know what I will fault you for when he gave his long monologue. You're like, well, that was really powerful, and it's like, oh, it's her turn to give the long monologue, oh, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. but that's when it that got then me. Then you're lost like, okay, words. no. Yeah, that lost me a little bit. I was like, okay, you don't. It's like, oh, this is an important scene, but no, so much in the movie was felt so understated. You don't have to like go all in on the emotional. It's the actor's wet dream. Yes, yeah, like, I can just talk. Let and me talk. talk. Let me talk. <laughs> um, but check, yeah, yeah. The mono, his monologue felt like it was like a the punchline to it, like all everything mm. like led up to that, and it was perfect. Yes, and then she beautiful. Back, and I was like, no, no. Yeah, I zoned out a bit. Yeah. And the editing during that part too, when it cuts to her side of the wall, when she fully mm. realizes what's going on. Oh. So good. Cinema. I loved it. Okay. Well, we're done talking about the movie. Let's talk about what we watched this week. You said, what have you watched this week? No, you guys go ahead. All right. We watched Air, mm -hmm. the Ben Affleck Michael directed Michael Jordan movie. Mm -hmm. um, so how was it? It's quite good. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Like uh, if you had to like uh, rank it in Ben Affleck's... Uh... Oh, it's better than the gangster movie, Live by Night. Yeah. It's not, it wasn't good very good. The hunting is better. Good the hunting is better. What about uh, uh, Argo? I like it more than Argo. I didn't see it. It's what? not. I, it's it's not because it's a town. Oh yeah. Or Gone Baby Gone, but like it's. Oh. I think he's, he does crime movies actually. Crime quite, movies. He's really good at that. Um, it's not as good as town. It's just a very different type of movie. This is a straight like oh how they did this. This is how the story of how they signed there, Michael Jordan. There yeah. are so many of these movies. I yeah. don't like it. There's a Tetris one, there's Blackberry, there's, there's a uh, air. They're making one about hot, how hot, hot flaming Cheetos, Cheetos yeah, got yeah, yeah, made. Yeah, I was like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, when does this end? Yeah. I was like, this is how Lysol got invented. Yeah. This is the Michelin Man movie. There's also that David O. Russell one with Jennifer Lawrence about the mob. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Joy. Yeah. Oh boy, Joy. There's <laughs> so many like, of these movies. Well, we love a good American success story. Yeah. And this movie kind of like plays into that. It's like, no, you know what sort of movie this is. It's much more interesting thinking about this as a way of Michael Jordan trying to process his legacy because mm. he has so much creative input in deciding what goes on in the movie. Mm. And it is pretty nice to see how much of it's just completely framed around his mom. The pivotal, emotional, dramatic beats are completely just framed between the mother and, and Matt Damon and both of these actors are just killing it. Just mm. absolutely slaying it. Pretty good. That's awesome. Chris Tucker is in this, and he's really? unrecognizable. I could—he uh, did not even. I don't know what happened to him. Like you watch this, you know, I was like, "That's Chris Tucker," yeah. completely different from my like Rush Hour Chris Tucker. But then again, yeah. he hasn't been in that much stuff. I haven't seen. It's true. He was no. in uh, the Silver Linings Playbook. That was the last uh, time I saw him. Jeez, another David yeah. Russell. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming up a lot in the. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should do a David yeah. Russell movie. I Heart Huckleby's. <laughs> that's, the that. <laughs> that's the worst one. That's the worst one. That's the one where he so, screams yeah. at like Emma Thompson or yeah, some actress. Like so. it was terrible. Oh, terrible behavior. Wasn't there also? Uh, yeah, yeah. He has this thing where actors threaten to like hit him. George Clooney nearly beat him oh, up yeah, with yeah, Three yeah. Kings. I don't know what we're talking Three about. Three Kings is a great movie. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, we should then, then that may be the one. Spike Jones is in it. Yeah, it's in it. Oh. One thing about, I want to bring it, last thing I'm going to bring up about Eric, at one point when Matt Damon is giving his big, like, dramatic speech, mm -hmm. the film breaks the fourth wall and starts mm -hmm. flashing things forward in his, like, his life. Oh, really? When he's talking about the things that you will accomplish and the traffic, like, a trap. It pulls a, um, what was that movie that Damon was on? Babylon. Yeah. Babylon. It pulls a Babylon, exactly. Yeah. But at one point, this becomes, I don't know if it's the appropriate, but this is, but since Jordan approved this, it was okay. He said that, he talked about the tragedies he might face and it cuts to 
newspaper clippings of his dad being oh, murdered yeah. and then cuts back to the dad in the movie like, like it just seems to like this sort of weird That's so on the nose but if you think about how much of this was just kind of Jordan, it's much more. Then it becomes very interesting yeah. for him to think of from the perspective of Jordan making a movie about himself. He's, but he's not the only had some input. Yeah, some input. No, but but I'm pretty sure he could make or break this project. Yeah, because yeah. even with that documentary about the Chicago Bulls, mm-hmm. it, like everything had to go through him, and even the stuff that, like I remember, like there was uh, a controversy afterwards. One of the players. It was mm. Scotty Pippen or whatever. Mm. He was like angry because they cut stuff out of context and like edited to, to please Jordan and make him look bad. So it was like, mm. okay, well, but they couldn't have gotten it made if he hadn't said yeah. yes. Also, the movie shoots him around him like a like he's a mythical mm. figure. You never see him fa- front face. I mean, at this it's point, just, he is. He's a he literal is. like symbol now. Yeah. Yeah, and the movie is ter- interrogates I, that a little bit. Yeah. I knew him from the shoes, not from. From the shoes. You know him yeah. from the shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. and the like Space Jam played. and stuff. I had, no, I didn't. you didn't see Space Jam. Yeah. Oh. It's, it's okay movie. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. It's, it's actually very bad. It's nostalgia we speaking. On? We yeah. should move on. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. have you seen anything this week? Uh, no, I actually rewatched Rainy. Django Unchained. Yeah. How was that? Did yeah. you like it? It's funnier than I remember. There was a one scene where, where uh, the they went to Don Johnson's yeah. like, uh, plantation and uh, the slave girl is like asking him, so you really a free man? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, so you chose to dress like that? <laughs> That's so <laughs> good. That was, that was, uh, there are a lot of like jokes in it, joke jokes, which are, I mean, I realize like it's a little, like once upon a time in Hollywood, it's like has some funny moments, like don't cry in front of the Mexicans <laughs> yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But it's not uh, like tonally; it's a, it's a bit like more subdued. So that's something I noticed. I was like, "Oh, this guy's actually also like a comedy writer." Yeah, he he can tone it down. Most of the movie operates to. as a kind of a comedy. Like the first half, back yeah. half of him becoming a bounty hunter, yeah. all of that is completely yeah. just fun, 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 fun. Yeah, like shooting the sheriff. And yeah. Stuff. yeah. What yeah, do you think about how the harsh. second half deals? Because this two different types of movies like once they get to the candy mansion mm-hmm. it becomes a lot more serious the drama mm-hmm. starts kicking in do you think that works as well I, I thought it worked so well M- much better than I did before I, th- I was like this is very contrived like it's like suddenly shifts oh, well, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I actually I enjoyed it because it's a long movie it's a really long movie and uh, he does it well enough like like that you, do, you feel like you're rebooting like it's like oh now we're in yeah. this plan it's the last movie I remember where the soundtrack samples movies, those lines from the movie during the shootout scene where yeah. they like, so sick. Yeah. I think it's the most fun he had the soundtrack, just like dropping yeah. it wherever. Anachronistic, who cares? Like, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. But then again, White Stripes plays in uh, Hateful Eight. I thought that was very yeah, cool. Yeah, that's true. Um, There's something, uh, what's his name? Ennio Morricone. Yeah. He hates that kind of stuff. <laughs> he was like, this guy's a cretin and he's destroying <laughs> the beautiful soundtrack I made. And, and he's like, which I mean, it's kind of justified. Yeah. The Hateful Eight soundtrack is beautiful. So good. To throw in like a, a pop <laughs> song in there, it feels like a little bit insulting mm-hmm. to this man. So, but that like, happens in the first 10 minutes, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, the rest yeah, of the movies yeah, play true. completely like that. Yeah. All right. And we saw Raiders together oh, in theaters. Revisiting, I, the first time seeing an Indiana yeah. Jones the, in, in the theater. In the theater, yeah. So Beautiful. Michelle is the one who's actually, you know, first time seeing yeah, it. Yeah, so really. what well, do you I've think? Well, I've seen it before. But all the way through. 
Well, I watched it all the way through, but not in one go. Oh, I see. I think I enjoyed it more. Because mm-hmm. I think when I first watched it, I was in my snobby phase where I hated everything uh, popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I get it. So, this time I just saw it for what it is. And, and then it's I very fun. And it's very it's, fun. It's, it's fun. I forgot how he plays with the Paramount logo both times. The oh, first time yeah. he plays into the mountain. Beautiful. Yeah, really I was like, oh, he's a master at this. He's a god. At, so like, he's good. just a god at, ma- at movies. He's so good. Yeah, like, it's, it's and it's so effortless. Yeah, it's a story. It's kind of stupid, but it's so shot so no, beautifully. It's, yeah, it's, it's really well done. He they took like a caricature and yeah. made it into something amazing. And then there's these little lines like when he has the rocket launcher point. He's like, "Look, do it, Doctor Jones. Blow it all the way yeah. back to God." And I'm like, yeah. "Oh, it's it's actually kind of good." <laughs> Who is working on it? Top. Man. And, oh. and then it cuts to the area so 51 good. perfect oh. ending like yeah. of just having that uh, pulpy like novel like adventure close in it's like yeah. yes it's all a big conspiracy oh, you can't yeah. um and the score beautiful beautiful, beautiful score john score, williams yeah. holy shit um yeah the plot's a little bit stupid and it's i forgot how self-contained it is compared to this because this rest the, the move sequels kind of mm-hmm. scale things up this was just oh like go to this place mm-hmm. and there's the set piece and then there's the final island and that's it because yeah. you think about crystal skulls like america chasing and yeah. then there's the jungle and then there's the pyramid and everything goes yeah. on and it escalates so much to the point that becomes a little bit contrived i don't know well, the issue with the indiana jones universe is that it 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 melds too many things together. Yeah, like you can't have aliens and God. Uh, monoth- There's yeah, aliens. Yeah, yeah and the, the crystal skull. One. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the big reveal. And it? then I think Temple of Doom. Okay, that you can get away with that kind of. Maybe it's like a spiritual. <laughs> I don't think you can get away with that. It's really racist. No, no. I mean, I mean, like the stone. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stone has the, the power. Whatever. The mythical elements yeah. of it are fine. And then what was uh, Last Crusade? God is real. Yeah, yeah. tracks. Sure. But then you get into like aliens, and it's like, well, okay, now these two things can coexist. I, yeah, I don't know if that can. Yeah. What are our recommendations? Mine is my own private Idaho. Oh. It's a good one. That's a, that's I haven't seen that. it. Mm-hmm. River Similar Phoenix. kind of like use of the landscapes, mm-hmm. being lost in it, and they don't know what they're doing, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Yours. No, you go ahead first. <laughs> well, speaking of being lost, I th- was thought about about Lost in Translation, oh, the Sofia Coppola one. That's a good one. And another, I, I, not just the, well, this one's American wilderness, but using as a big Tokyo, this like sprawl of a city as a backdrop for loneliness. You're you're so packed, so many people around you, you're so alone. Kind of reminded me of that, and it also had this sense of simmering sadness underneath mm-hmm. it all. That so yeah, that's my recommendation. Mine is. Uh the trailer for Asteroid City <laughs> <laughs> comes out this month. It comes out a lot sooner. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. Uh, it looks like it's uh, it's gonna be good. I mean, except uh, the last couple of ones I didn't care for, but this one looks like it's sprawling, large landscape, and, yeah, uh, small towns and stuff. It seems like he's playing with a science fiction a little bit. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I want to see him do it. Yeah. Um, Either that or Blood Simple, which I mean, visually it reminds mm. me of that. All right, well, that brings us to what we're watching next week. We're going to do something fun. <laughs> no, we are doing The Wolf of Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Another Scorsese joint. We've done The Aviator. We've done... We've done The Aviator. We've done uh, the, the... The... Sleep 
it? No. No, no. What is it? The one with the the one with the Kafka one. I suddenly can't remember. Kafka one. Oh, after hours. After hours. Yeah. Jesus, that was great. That was I awesome. That, yeah. The most different type of Scorsese. Like, yeah, I can... that's a, you. I wouldn't have guessed. It's that. a proto Safi yeah. Brothers movie. Yeah, 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 that's uh, such a good one. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. Um, but we're back to the the embrace of the master. Oh. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very excited. Just so in time before uh, Killers of the Flag. Exactly, just in time. So get your quaaludes ready, everybody. <laughs> um, we'll see you next week. Bye bye. The Seventh Reel is hosted by Arvin Huang, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our ad break music is composed by Yusuf Sui Lin, and our outro music is composed by Yahya El Bashir. Thanks for listening.